All right. So we're going to start off with our three questions. So the first question is, what is your favorite thing that you have bought this year? Um, the favorite, my favorite thing that I purchased this year was, I guess, um, I'm going to say whenever uh, I started putting back into my business. Um, the reason why I chose that, because that right there would allow me to prosper. God blessed me to be able to purchase vehicles to turn around to flip for a profit. Next question is, what is your dream or favorite vacation? Um, I really don't have one of those, but I can, if I, can, if I have to say, I must say that uh, to go to Paris. And why? Because that's something that's exotic that I look at as, that's something from a brother from the hood, from the ghetto. We would never be able to reach those dreams, those elements. So we shoot for the stars and guarantee we'll get something. All right. And the final question is, okay, if you was given $20,000 and you had to spend it in 10 minutes, how would you spend it? For one, we got to give back to God. Pay our tithes and then the rest, I think I'd spread it on my family. All right, that is our three questions, and now on to two dreams and a reality. So two dreams and a reality is where you give us two things that you hope to do, hope to see in the future, and one reality is what you have accomplished or what you're yet proud of. Okay, well, well we'll start off with the first dream. The first dream is uh, to be able to reach people that need to be reached. Mm -hmm. Use my voice as a weapon to let people know there is life after the streets. We can transition from the streets to be able to worship God and be proud of and allow God to use us in the, in a way that we need to be used. One more dream. All right, and the second dream is um, to live life To live life in a, in a in a way that you know I won't have to struggle. I won't have to not to say not not work because I love I enjoy working, but that I won't have to worry about bills. I won't have to worry about where my next paycheck will come from. Where if I look at my bank account, I'll be able to go take my family out on a vacation, or if my kids need something, I won't have to worry about it. Say, well, daddy can't do it now. I, we have to wait till whenever I get paid. I'll be able just to get the things and not worry about having to worry about money. That's my main thing right there. Okay. All right. And one reality, something that you're proud of, something that you have accomplished. I must say you be successful. Okay. Because like I said, I'm from the hood. A person like me, if you'd ask me these questions 10 or 15 years ago, I would say I don't know mm. or I didn't care. Only God had brought me from where I was to bring me here now to be able to glorify and sit there and be honest about my answers. All right, and now we're going on to Hotter Code. So Hotter Code, right, is it's a remix to this or that. So I'll give you two options and you pick between the two, okay? 
All right, so the first one is Rolls Royce or Lexus? Rolls Royce. <laughs> okay, all right. iPhone or Android? Paperback Bible or digital Bible? I'm old school, so I got a paperback. Okay. All right. So here's another one. So $10,000 lump sum or $10,000 over the span, span of 10 years? See, you got to see what position you're in. <laughs> Ten grand. I mean, they don't go too far, but at the end of the day, if you don't need the money, then why not sit there and wait for it? Because it'll come whenever you really want to need it, and not right now. Because you know, you get the money, you'll know exactly what you're doing, and tomorrow you'll be back broke. Okay. So which one? I say over the span. Okay. And the last one is church online or church in person. Got to touch it. Okay. All right, that is our icebreakers, three questions, two dreams, and a reality, and how to code, all right? And I hope we, that that was just to get to know Priest Excel just a little bit more, but we're going to get to know him even the more as we discuss our topic on tonight, all right? So the topic, so here's the thing, we have a, for, for those who are in school, you, you just, there's a title to this topic, the, the title is The Deliverance is Your Decision. The Deliverance is Your Decision. All right. So the, the, the purpose of this topic is to, to let us to let everyone know that deliverance is your choice. You get to make the choice to be saved, healed, or delivered. This isn't the choice of your parents, this isn't the choice of your spouse, this isn't the choice of anyone but you. It's not the choice of the pastor, it's your choice to decide to be saved, healed, or delivered. And for those who don't know, we got scripture to back it up, we got scripture to help us explain it just a little bit more. So first off, let's go to Exodus 14. Exodus 14. Verse 10. It reads, As Pharaoh approached the Israelites, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would, it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answers the people, 
Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you need only to be still. All right, that's where we're going to end. So, so the decision is yours. You see, when the Israelites were leaving Egypt, you see, they was in bondage, they were enslaved to the Egyptians. And Moses came to them and let them know that tonight we're leaving Egypt. Tonight we're going to be free. And they started walking towards their freedom. They started walking towards their deliverance. They made up in their minds to walk. Toward, they made up in their minds to follow Moses to their freedom. Now, here's the thing. This is scripture. So, let me bring it to you to today, right? I told you the title is The Deliverance is Your Decision. So you see the Israelites were in their trauma. They were in, they were bound to their trauma. They were bound to their trigger. They were bound to their past. And Moses came to them and said, tonight you can make the decision to be free. Tonight I stand to you as Moses stood to the Israelites. Tonight you can make the decision to be free. And the thing about this is there's a, there's a process to your freedom. And as you're going towards your freedom, it's going to look like you're going to die in the midst of getting to it. And just Moses told them this one question. Told them this. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. So stand firm on your decision. Just because it looks like you're not going to make it. Stand firm on the decision tonight that you're going to see your freedom. So there, there, there are four ways that we process our deliverance or we, we, we process in the midst of our trauma that the four ways are that we're, we're watching life go by, we're coping, we're dealing and we're going through the healing process. So a lot of people are in the watching stage of life. 
they, they, they're watching life go by. They just, they, they, they're in the procession, the procession stage. They're just watching life. They're, they're just being a spectator of their own life. Like they, they, they see something come up and it's just overtaking them. It's like they're, they're drowning in the midst of their trauma. They're drowning in the midst of their past. They're drowning and they don't see any way out. They're just watching. And then those are those people who are coping, just pushing through life. They're just pushing through. And then those are the ones who are dealing. They, 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 they talked about it. They're going through counseling. They, they had a position change, a mind change, and says, yes, I, yes, the trauma was something I went through. But I'm going to come out even the better. And then there's the healing, those who are healing, practicing what God said, standing firm on what God is saying. So I know that I've been through all three, all four, and yet I'm still going through number four. But there, there are times that I, I go to coping. There, there are times I say, you know what? I'm not moving, I'm watching. Even though I've been through the healing phase one point in time, I I, I don't always go to healing. I I sometimes spectate in life, but but I strive to be healing. So that's me talking, but we're going to go to preach real quick if you have something. Oh, yes, sir. I mean, dealing with life in general itself, it comes with no instructions, but at the end of the day, God said and tell us to we walk by faith and not by sight. Mm-hmm. We he, we use the Bible, we're supposed to use the Bible as an example, but a lot of times we find ourselves stuck in a position that we don't know which way to go. Mm-hmm. We, we stuck in our fire, in our mess. We get so comfortable and don't want to accept the change. Mm-hmm. And the moment when a change comes, we resist. Up until the point when we break that mold and we call ourselves and we sit there and say, okay, a, a change needs to come. And then that's when we start relying and depending more upon God mm-hmm. and for his guidance. But up until the point when we're not there at that moment, we're not going to change. We're going to be stuck. We're going to be sit there and not allow God to change us from the inside and so that way it can reflect on us. I mean, the, the situation is... It's, it's very critical. And people need to sit there and they need to understand that when, when, when is the right time? When is it time to sit there and say, you know what, enough is enough. I'm ready to do different. I'm ready, I'm ready for a change. I'm ready for a breakthrough. Break these chains and allow me to be free. When is that time? When you're laying in, when you're laying in your, uh, on your deathbed or when you have nowhere to go? Or when you're just looking up and you're just wondering, is that really or not? Hmm. That's when things get complicated. Because then, now you want things to happen with a snap of a finger. Hmm. Now you want things to happen when you want it to happen. And the moment when they don't, you get discouraged. Wow. 
And then you start looking like, well, there, there isn't a God. I knew it. But then you don't question your faith. You don't allow your faith to, to sit there and guide you. Because without faith, there's nothing. It's impossible to please God without faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And with the testimony that I know that I went through, I know there is a God. Ain't nobody can tell me different. Because where I came from, because I was that person that was at standstill. I was that person that was stuck in neutral for years. I was that person that said, you know what? I'd rather sit there and party in a club or run the streets instead of going into church for an hour and worship God. I stay in the clubs from 11 to 6 in the morning. <laughs> but when it's time to go to church, you won't sit there in church for an hour. So you tell me where my belief was at. You tell me where my dedication was at. I don't need you to sit there and judge me. I'll turn around and judge myself. Because I know if I'd have died in that precise moment, mm -hmm. I'd have bust hell wide open. And I couldn't fault nobody but myself because guess why? I was taught. I was told. I was warned. I was raised up in the church. So I know God. I know there is a God. I believe in God. So I know what God can do for me. And I know what God can take me. And I know what God can bring me. I know what my God and steps is. But do I want to honor him? That's the thing. That's the key. You got to ask yourself that. Do you want it? How bad do you want to save your soul? Because guess what? I can't do it. Only you can sit there and sit there and say, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm ready for a difference. I'm ready for a change. God, where are you? Hear my voice. Hear my cry. Relieve my tears. Embrace me. Embrace me as a parent. Embrace me with love. Send down your grace. Shower it down on me. Open up my heart. Open up my soul. Renew me. Redefine who I am and where I go from here. Only you can ask that. Only you can stand in the need of prayer. Because here's the thing. So, when the Israelites was coming out of Egypt, they were slaves. And the thing about it, when, when, when you have made, when you made a decision to walk out of your trauma, to walk out into your deliverance, the thing is, when, when you've made that decision in Christ, When, when you go to Christ, right, what, what he does first, he doesn't push you to be who you created. He doesn't say now you who you created to be. He says now you're on the way to being it. Because what he does is he changes you into being able to get there. It starts with you. It starts with knowing that God Am I worth? God, do you love me enough? God, am I savable? <laughs> Despite the fact of all my sins, guess what God said? Yes, you are. You are the chosen one. So since I'm the chosen one, how you know I'm the chosen one? Because guess what? I'm here, I'm live, and I'm breathing. Come on. Every day is a new day. 
So that let me know that I am chosen because you know what? They have people that don't wake up anymore. Mm-hmm. They have people that can't see. They got people that can't move their limbs. They got people that can't walk. And the day before, they was doing just fine. How I know I'm chosen because guess what? I can move my hands. I can shout hallelujah. I can tell God that I love him. I can stand up and say I am blessed because guess what? I can walk. I can move. I can think on my own. I can do everything that I can do with my own ability. And God still say, son, I'm, I'm here for you. Despite my sins, despite my sorrow, despite my rebellions as a grown man. Come on. God said, I'm still here. I didn't move back from you. You moved from me. My hand is still here, ready, ready for you to grab it. And if you don't grab it, then it's a choice. Come on. It's a choice. That's where the love come in. And God loves us so much that he gives us a choice. We don't wake up in the morning. God don't sit there and say, if you don't love me at this instant, I'm going to kill you. No, he's going to give you a chance. But let me tell you something. Will. Chances run out. Chances get run out. You don't want to be gave up for a reputable mind. Why? Because the simple fact is that all the preachers that went to you, all, every time you open your phone, a scripture came up and said, God love you. God hear you. God is here for you. And you know what you say? Ah, I got time. Hmm. I got time. I could do this tomorrow. But guess what? We don't realize that that next moment is not promised to us. We're not promised to wake up in the morning. We're not promised to walk outside of our door and not get hit with a straight book. You know how many people that had that, that, that has that done to them? I know a seven-year-old girl. This is crazy. This is my all the time. Just watching TV. Mm-hmm. A straight brother came through the walls and killed her. I guarantee that the girl didn't wake up that morning knowing that this is going to be my last day on earth. So when is it time? When is it, when is it time to sit there and say, okay, God, I'm here for you. Okay, God, I hear you. When is it time that we're going to sit there and say, Lord, I surrender. I give my all to you. We all fall short from the glory of God. Every day we sin. If you sit there and say that you're not sinning, then guess what? You are a liar. And the truth is not in Every day we sin. Every day we fall short. But guess what? God is there to forgive us for our sins. Yeah. Hell is real. And if you die, you got to ask yourself at this moment, is you ready? Is you ready? If God come right now, do you know for a fact where you want to go? You know, they say God is love. But God is also a wrath. God is also a vengeance. And God would also kill you dead. You cannot be stuck in between two masters. You can't be stuck in between two opinions. Because at this, because guess what? One is going to outweigh the other. You either love God or you hate God. You can't serve two masters. You can't strive the fence. And that's where that choice comes in. So, when when I started my preaching journey, right? Um, when I started my preaching journey, the thing is that okay, the the sermon I wanted to preach from my first one was about love, right? So I'm like, yeah, that's gonna this good, yeah. right? And then a month before I was supposed to preach, God says, okay, now. You know about my love now. Let's talk about identity. Mm. Like, okay, identity. 
like, well, what are you talking about? And, and when I started studying this, because a lot, what I realized, a lot of people don't know their identity. And because they don't know their identity, that's where they fall away from God. Because they caught up into the tomb of Come on. You see, the Israelites stayed in Egypt because they thought of themselves as being slaves to the Egyptians. But what they truly are was the children of God. Come on. You, you see, and, and the thing about it is our past, our trauma, oftentimes take away our identity. Yeah, it holds us back because we feel as if like we're not worthy. Come on. You feel as if like my sin is too greater for God to forgive. But what they fail to realize that there's no, there's nothing to do up under the sun. Hmm. So what you have done, believe you me, it was done before. Hmm. I have to tell my kids and I have to tell my nephews all the time, it's nothing new up under the sun. So what you think that you done new, believe me, it was already was done. The sins that you already was, was committed, it was already was done. Come on. It was already was done. So it's up to us, it's up to you, and it's up to everybody in this world to sit there and and ask yourself, is you worthy to be forgiven? And it's up to you to ask those words. And to ask those words too is to God. Because God is listening and He's just waiting for you. He's just waiting for you because the answer is already in the answer. Let's jump. Let's just go to scripture real quick. Matthew 7, verse 24. It reads, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blow and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, but it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them to, into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The rain came, the streams rose, and the winds blow and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So, here's the thing. I, I told you that the fourth, the fourth way we do deliverance is by healing, right? The practicing the word of God. You see, when we practice the word of God, it, it's just like the scripture said, that, that we're building on the foundation. We're building our foundation on the rock. When, when we're practicing the word of God, when we're because the word of God says, confess your faults unto him. Yeah. And, and, and what most people think, okay, that's just our sins. But, but what God revealed to me was that that's everything that we go through. So everything that, everything we're going to confess it unto him. God, I went through this. I went through the miscarriage. I went through the divorce. 
Now, where am I supposed to be? What, who am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing? And when, when that first sermon, identity, and I'm like, okay, cool, this is nice. I, God, God brought me through the creation story. And what he made me realize that, okay, he created all these things, the, the stars, the moon, the sun, the water, the sky, the birds, the, the animals, right? And then he brought us, he came to the very last day and he created man. And what he told me was that, okay, he created us last, right? And he created us out of the very things of the earth. So he, he used the finished product, he used everything that was left over. We're the leftovers of the world, pretty much. That, that was my mindset. But what God said, told me was that, you know what, I, I couldn't create you on the first day. I couldn't create you on the second, the third, or the fourth, because I took my time in creating you, because I created all these things before you, so you can be able to live. I took my time in creating you, you're so special in creation, because I took my time in creating you. And on another note, we got to do this. Look at it at this. We so special to God that he brought greatness in his own image. <laughs> he can right there alone. We should know that he took his time. He's seen, he's, he's seen us in him. Or he's seen, when he looked at himself, you know what? I'm going to build something just like me. Come on. Some, so that way, when somebody's in here and worship, I have somebody worship him image of me. That right there alone is stupendous. You can't sit there and if you thinking for a minute that you're not worth it. Hmm. If you thinking for a minute that you feel as if you're worthless, then if you call yourself worthless, if you call yourself ugly, if you call yourself, I'm a waste of space or I shouldn't live, then you pretty much telling God what he did was a mistake. Hmm. And God don't make mistakes. Mom. How can you call yourself a mistake if you was born? Despite your differences, despite your, your disabilities, despite it all, you still was created in God's image. That right there alone is, is, is remarkable. It's remarkable. If God took his time and said, you know what? I'm a build man. He could have did it. He could have made us with four arms. He could have made us with, with eyes that look, look crazy. Something that look off. Sci-fi. But guess what? He made us in his own image. That right now is just that tells me that I'm special. That tells me when I look at my children, yeah. my children is an image of God. Come on. Yes. See. So so not only did he take his, his time, right? You, you see, he he brought he brought it out, right? He commanded everything else to be done. But he created he us. He commanded everything else. Then he breathed life his soul for him into us that made us who we are, that made us unique. 
Come on. Just because we brothers are this and that, I mean, we born from different mothers, but at mm-hmm. the same time, we all unique. Even with your brother, even when you have a twin brother, they could be, they may have a whole lot of similarities, but they're right. they still different. Yeah. They're still different. And that's a piece of God. God don't make things the same. Only, if, only to reproduce it. Other than that, <laughs> God don't make mistakes. He doesn't make mistakes. Man, they make mistakes. But it's in it's in the scripture that if you trust in God, it's gonna work out for your good. Oh, yes, you see. You pop somebody's probably thinking, oh, I'm here by mistake. My parents, my mother, my father, they came, they came together and I was a mistake. I don't make mistakes. But but the thing is, and their parents probably treated them like that mistake. But what 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 God wants you to know is that you're you was you was created for a purpose. See, that's where that identity comes. Come on. The moment when you feel like you're not, that you shouldn't be here, the moment you feel like, oh, I'm just in my life, you know what? That's the person that don't have the identity. I don't give a care what you have or what you accomplish, what you achieve. The day you want to sit there and take away your life, that's an unforgivable sin. That's unforgivable. How are you, you kill yourself, how are you going to uh, ask for forgiveness? That means that where is your identity? You don't have love in your heart. You don't know God's love because you don't love yourself enough mm-hmm. to sit there and say, you know what? God took this time and made me through conception. God knew you before you was even conceived. Come on. Before you was even conceived, God knew us. We had a relationship with God. So you're going to turn around and just end your life or you sit there and you were born a male. Oh no, God made this thing I should be a or, or anything, you're a female, God made a mistake, I should be a male. God don't make a mistake. That's our identity crisis. Come on. That's our identity crisis. Despite the fact of how you feel, that's a trickery of the devil. No matter what. To make you feel as if you're worthless, to make you feel as if like you got all dead, to make you feel as if like you're born male, you know what I made it today, I should be a female. That's our identity crisis. That's mind trickery of the devil. God don't make mistakes. Everything God do, God do it out of love. And the moment we sit there and say, you know what, God, that's not enough. Or you know what, God, you made a mistake. Or God, you know what, that's a spit in God's face. That's pretty much telling God that whatever you just created, it wasn't worth it. So, so. I, I just got this illustration. So, so. Let's say, so I'm, I'm a music person, right? I love music. And one of my favorite composers is Eloise, right? And Eloise, it took Beethoven, it took him nine times to get it right. And the reason it took him so long was because he was listening to everyone else. And, and what God just told me was that 
that we're listening to everyone else and who we are. We're, we're, we're listening to everything that's around us on who we are. Because of what I've been through, I, I, I'm no longer who I was. But because of what I've been through, I feel I'm no longer a male. Because of what I've been through, I'm no longer not a friend. Let me bring it to me. Because because of the miscarriage, I felt I was I wasn't worthy to be a father. And I treated I treated my life that way. And up until I came back to Christ and surrendered my life back to Him, I was sleeping with multiple women. I was I wasn't caring about what was I wasn't caring about the after effect because I wasn't worthy of the after effect. That's what I felt. And, and then it turned into, since I'm not worthy of the after effect, I'm not worthy of now. So I came up with the idea. I came up with several ways to actually kill myself. I'm like, okay, cool. If I open this window and fall, I'm going to die. If I jump out this car at this speed, I'm going to die. I came up with several ways to kill myself. And then it's funny to me now because one night I went out drinking and I came back early and I went to sleep. And then the next morning I woke up earlier than I normally do on a Sunday and I went to go get breakfast. And when I came back, going up to my room, one of one of the people, my neighbor came downstairs and she asked me if I wanted to go to church. And now, I wanted to say no, I'm just, I want to go eat and then go back to sleep, but what came out of my lips was, yes, okay, let's go. And when I walked in that church, I felt the love of God. I, I felt no man go to the Father as God draws you. Come on. So that was your moment. God was calling you. He heard your cry. He felt your pain. But he knew your sorrow. And he called you near. We are the chosen. We are the children of God. God knows his children. Despite the fact of us distancing ourselves. Mm -hmm. We distance. God never distance. God is there. No man go to the Father that's God and draws you near. So all the pain you were feeling, God was feeling it as well. Throughout it all, God knew. And God knew the right time. The right moment. Your lowest at your lowest. That's when God pulled you out of the ashes. And turned you into something great. He redefined who you are. <laughs> when you were in that identity crisis, that's when God come in and lets you know, you know what? It's life after this. Come on. It's life. It's, it's, it's life. We all go through that. I went through it. It's many a time, even at this moment, throughout my height, throughout my success, the devil still sit there and play mind tricking with me when things ain't going right for me. You know what the devil sit there and say? You better keep my voice to the Why live? The devil is alive. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I say that more than I've ever said it in my life. Day in and day out. Even going to sleep. I find myself saying it. Why? Because we repeatedly, constantly attacked by the enemy. 
That's when you know when God got something for you. Come on. When the devil start attacking you more. When you find yourself with those thoughts. When you find yourself going through these trials and tribulations. When your testimony becomes very big. Mm -hmm. That's when you know God got something for you. Because the devil is trying to steal you. The devil is trying to grab you. The devil don't want you to have it. The devil come to rob, steal, and destroy more than anything. You think the devil like us right now doing this podcast? It was already ordained. Come on. This was me. This was me throughout the throughout everything that was went on with me mm -hmm. earlier in the day. The devil didn't want this to happen. I don't know why I'm actually here doing this podcast. I don't know why I'm actually here sharing the word of God or sharing my testimony or sharing my experience. But I know one thing, this was already ordained. And the devil did everything that he took, everything in his power early in the day to stop this from happening. But the devil is alive. The devil is alive. All my sins can be exposed. But I know one thing at the end of the day, it is forgiven by the word mm. of my mouth and by my confession and by me believing in God. By me saying, Lord Jesus Christ, please forgive me for my sins. Please forgive me for my transgressions. Please remove all hidden iniquities out of my heart. Allow me to express myself. Show myself. Show myself to approve mm. in his word. So that when he see fit and he get the glory, not I, because I'm just empty vessel. I'm a nobody at the end of the day. Preaching cell don't exist without God. Come on. I am nobody without God. All my struggles, everything that I've been through from 19 up to 42 as of right now. Everything that I experienced built me for this moment. I didn't want to be, this is not, if you would have asked me, Becky, what you wanted to be in your life? Okay, I want to be a rapper. I want to be a gangster. I want to be a drug dealer. I, 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 I like that. When I, I like what I see. Fast money, fast living, fast females. Shoot, that's what it is. That's ghetto dreams. Mm. That's ghetto dreams. Right. But guess what? It's dead. Come from it. Mm. Chasing the females. Riding with a pistol. Chasing the drugs. Chasing the high. Trying to chase the success. But finding yourself, you just don't know when you're stepping out there. Mm. One toe away from the graveyard. Every inch by inch. Every time when you sit there and disobey God. When God is reaching out to you, every time you disobey that little voice, mm -hmm. that little positive voice, not today. Every time when you want to commit suicide, not today. You want to ignore that voice. Mm -hmm. You know how many people ignore that little voice? You work more than that, and they kill themselves. I was almost one of them. I was almost one of them. I thank God. I thank God I listened to that little bitty voice because if I would have, if I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be here right now talking to me. I wouldn't have my children. Everything that God built before went down in the tooth. Why? Because I told God it wasn't worth it. Going through the identity crisis. When you're going through the identity crisis, it's right there. That's, that's hard. You can't go alone. You can't do this by yourself. And the moment you feel as if like you can't do this by yourself, then guess what? You're giving the devil victory. Hmm. The moment you sit there and say, I don't need God, only a fool, only a fool says it in their heart, there is no God. 
only a fool that's going to sit there and say, you know what, I can overcome this by myself. Every time when I try to do something, I screw it up. Come on. Every time when I sit there and say, you know what, I got this. No, all I did was made a mess out of it. Every time when I sit there and you say, you know what, I don't like the way how this cat looking at me. I'm going to approach it. Mm -hmm. I made the situation worse. Instead of that little boss in my head and said, why did you just ignore it? Just said, you're bigger than that. I didn't put you here funny. We ignore those voices. And it's come, the moment when we ignore what comes behind it, destruction. That's why right now we are living in identity crisis. We have kids killing kids in a enormous rate. But guess what? The Bible must fulfill itself. We are living in the last days. A lie becoming a truth and a truth becoming a lie. And we accept it. But you know what? This is already ordained. This is something that was, it was already prophesied. You can't be the prophecy. You just got to go along with it now and try to improve yourself on a daily basis. Because guess what? You can't save the world. That's done. That's done. Lead the world, let the world lead the world. Hmm. You need to worry about yourself and your household. Because without that, without God, everything you're going to be continuing search for identity. And you're going to lose. You will, that's guaranteed you're going to lose. Ask how many people that's in the jailhouse said, I know a better way. Ask how many people that go to jail after jail, go to jail back to back, back to back, and you wonder why. You wonder why? Because identity crisis. Because they always sit there and say, I know better. What's the, what's the same thing as insanity? Continue on doing the thing and getting to try to get a difference. It's insanity. That's identity crisis as well. It's trickery. Mind trickery. You go back to the same thing and expect it. scriptures Genesis chapter 28 it reads then God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth 
You see the very first part, very first part of 28. Then God blessed them. You see, after God created mankind, he blessed them. You see, God blessed you. Right? And because of sin, we walked away from him. But when we come back to God, It's renewed. Come on. We curse ourselves when we speak death. Hmm. Every time when you speak a negative, every time when you, when you doubt yourself, or no, not doubt yourself, every time when you doubt God, hmm. you curse yourself. You speak life out a lot of times. Mm-hmm. That's what it meant for. It meant to praise God and speak life. You don't speak death. Come on. When you find yourself being negative all the time, or when you find yourself griping all the time, when you find yourself complaining all of the time, what are you doing? Hmm. You're speaking death. You're speaking death. You got power in your tongue. You can cause your situation to go bad hmm. by speaking into existence because that's what the devil waiting for. He waiting for those moments when God about to bless you, you cursing yourself. You going backward. Hmm. How you can turn around and say, God, please bless me with a, uh, with a car today. But then you turn around and say, well, I ain't got no money to buy a car. Or God, please bless me with this good job. Man, I sure hope they don't pull up my background. Or Lord, please bless me with a new pair of shoes. I don't like that color. Mm. What? What happened to being grateful? Come on. What happened? What happened to you go to somebody's house? Hey, uh, you hungry? Yeah, I'm hungry. Oh, uh, what you got? Oh, I got rice and gravy. You got no corn? No. What? Uh, you, you got a soda in life? Nah, but I got some water. I'm good. Mm. What happened to being grateful? What happened? You want to know what happened? Selfishness. Mm. Selfishness. When you think of yourself as above everyone else, or when you think as if like you deserve everything but give nothing, God said it's better to give they receive. Obedience is better than sacrifice. But when you're going through an identity crisis, mm-hmm. guess what? You're all self. Mm. You're all self. You don't care about nobody else's situation. You don't care about what the next person going on. You're supposed to love our neighbors. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to help. You're supposed to sit there and have compassion. There is no compassion mm-hmm. whenever you're going through identity crisis. Mm-hmm. All you worried about is yourself, and you really don't care about yourself either. Because all you're doing is speaking death on your life. All that negativity, every time when something goes by, instead of saying, Lord, please help me, you sit there saying that ain't nobody here, nobody mm-hmm. loves you. That's the identity crisis. And we all have it. We all spoke negative before. I did plenty of time, but guess what? When I realized that my negative thoughts, my tongue, it's stopping me from accelerating. Mm-hmm. It's holding me back. Nobody else but me that's holding me back, I got to do something about it. When I don't find myself elevating, instead of me looking at my neighbor, instead of me looking at the person down the road, instead of me looking at the person around the corner, mm-hmm. I say, you know what? It's me, God. It's me. What am I doing wrong? Why haven't I not Accelerate. I see my father driving a nice car. Why I can't drive a nice car like him? I see this business excelling. 
Why my business can't sell it? What you doing business? <laughs> when you wake up in the morning, is you thanking me? Every time when you make money, is you paying your tithes? Is you even going to church? If all those questions is no, how you expect to be blessed? How can God bless you when your fist is closed? How? It's impossible. When my, if you can visualize or look at your hand right now and close your fist, what can you get in there? Nothing but barely air. So how can you expect to be blessed? That's it. That's it. But then you wonder why I ain't got nothing. Why my neighbor, neighbor living better than me? Why his house bigger than mine? Mm. Why I'm still living in this shack? Or why my bills always getting cut off? Or why I don't have a good job? Why I always have money? Why every time I get paid, I'm broke? Mm. Think about that fix. Think about that fix. How can you get a blessing when it's always closed? How can you get a blessing when everything, every time you open your mouth, you're speaking negative on your neighbor, you're speaking negative on your kids, you're speaking negative on your mom and your dad, your sisters and brothers and cousins. Everything coming in your mouth is negative. How do you expect to get blessed? And at the same time, how can you get blessed when you're stuck in your mess? I was a victim to that a lot of times. Running women, doing this, doing that, but asking God, like, God, where's my blessing? I go to work every day. Every day. Every time somebody comes to my shop, I look out for them. Why am I still stuck in the same place? Well, preach. Just because you sit there and go to church every now and then, every time, or you give to the homeless, or you may talk nice, this and that, but you're still stuck in your mess. You're still running women. How do you expect for me to bless you when you're still stuck in your sin? Mm. Just because I allow you to breathe, that's my grace. Come on. Just because I allow you to pay your bills, that's my grace. Just because I allow you to get in a nice car and go to work and back and forth and take care of your kids, that's my grace. Mm. Why the blessings stop? Why it's not overflowing? Mm. Why are you mediocre? Because you're stuck in your sins. I'm stuck in my sin. I'm the problem. Mm. Not nobody else, not my wife, not my kids, not my workers, not my mom, not my dad. I am the problem. Why? Because I'm stuck in my mess. An identity crisis. Despite the fact that I know who I am. How you know who you is when you sin? How can you call yourself a child of God when you sin it? Oh, God know my heart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I hear that a lot. You're right, God do know your heart. But God also sees your sin. Mm. And your sins also stink in the nostril of God. Mm. Is it you hot or you cold? That means you're stuck between two opinions. Identity crisis. Day in and day out. I wake up, I pray. When I go to the gym, I pray to God while I'm there. I'm giving God his word, but guess what? I guess it, I don't know. And time running about, I'm stuck in my mess. Every time when I choose to sin, when I know it's a sin, but in the back of my head, the devil tells me, oh, don't worry about it. God's going to forgive you. He know your heart. He know you're good. He know you're solid. You just pray to him all morning. 
When you go to bed, you're going to pray to him again. So why should God matter? So why should it matter to God that you have your fun? Hmm. You good? No. Because guess what? If I die in my mess, I'm going to bust hell wide open. Everything that God has no just person. He has no favoritism. <laughs> he has no favoritism. You can go to church every Sunday, pay your tithe and your offering. And Sunday night, you're in a club. And you got you over there. Why? Because you stuck between two opinions. Just because you sing church music. Just because you, you play church music in your car. You, you shout hallelujah. Everybody looking at you like, oh my, this person is anointed. You may touch somebody in here. Or you may touch somebody and speak life over that person. That person may get blessed because you said it. But you still stuck in your own mess. How many preachers out there go to church every Sunday, preach the word of God, blow the roof off? Just stuck in their own mess. Come on. You think they're going to heaven? No, God has no judgment person. That person is going to die and go to hell. Going to bust hell wide over why? Because it's an identity crisis. Come on. Just because they're a preacher doesn't mean that they'll be into hell. Just because they're a preacher doesn't mean that they're not going to go. Just because they're a preacher doesn't mean that they don't sin. I can every day go to the homes. Every day read my Bible. Every day you may think that I'm a, I am a child of God, but guess what? If I'm still sinning, how can I say I belong to God? How? I'm cussing up a storm, this and that, this and that, and then I turn around and say, well, God, know my heart. You pretty much do. Or you sit there, you drinking, this and that. Oh, I don't, I don't drink. God said in the Bible, you can, you, you can drink. It's no more recreation. You need this as a as a day in, day in and day out. Oh, I smoke a cigarette. Oh, God, you excuse me. Wait a minute. I just see you crunch up like three packs. That become a habit. That's a habit. But God know your heart, though. Nah, cause then that's identity crisis. We need to check that because guess what? When God come back and you still in that, you will die and go to hell. Because hell is real. I believe in hell. And I sin day in. But I'm not immune to hell. If I die right now on this podcast, and if all my sins is not forgiven, all my hidden nicholas are not forgiven, as I'm speaking this right now, I'm going to die and go to hell. That's one word I do not want to hear. Depart from me. You work on your nicholas. I don't want to hear that. That means everything that I did is for nothing. Me on this podcast, spread the word of God. Me on this podcast, witnessing, telling my story. It'll be for nothing if I die and go to hell. Because I saved 10 people's lives or 10 people's souls by my testimony alone, but lose mine? Oh my God. That's what very more than me. Because at the end of the day, when I go in front of God, God ain't going to sit there and say, what well, the, well, preach? You know what? You brought 100 people to me on that podcast. You know what? I'm going to let you make Nah. You know what? Depart from me. 
no you're not why because the simple fact is that just because I'm a fake preacher why I can call it because the simple fact is that I'm not practicing what I preach how can I sit there and tell you don't sin but then I turn around and I go do it myself but call it oh God know my heart yeah he do he really really do Every time you sin, believe me, it's been, it been jotted down. God don't miss nothing. It ain't no such thing as a white lie. It ain't no such thing as, oh, I didn't sin that much. But then turn around and say, I'm, I'm holding or act as if like you're holding it down. Nah, you're going to go sell wide open. You're going through our identity crisis. have a lot of people. They have a lot of kids. And, and I'm going to share this. Can I, can I tell someone to something? They have a lot of kids that going through identity crisis. I had a nephew. I got two of them. And I'm, uh, I'm not going to be very brief. One of them, 15 years old. And I got another one, 17. Double homicide. He's in jail right now. Identity crisis. One of my nephews he was staying with, the one that's dead right now. I tried to show him, I tried to show him the way. I talked to him, I talked to him. He looked at my past life as if like playing cops and robbers or reset. He seen it, he looked at it as if like, oh well, well, you survived it, I can survive. You pack the guns, so I can too. No, it don't work like that. God spared my life. Mm. Spared my life to tell you you don't have to do that. If we going down a dark alley and I know there's a robber behind that trash can, God got me here to warn you. No need to go down that alley. Mm. But you know what that fool gonna do? Just to see, you know what I'm gonna see for myself. Mm. And boom, there it is. My nephew is 15 years old. He lost his life from gun violence right across the street from my shop. Every time I go to work, I gotta remember, I buried my nephew right across the street from my shop. When I sit there and told him time and time again, there's no need to go out there. There's no need to go in the projects. There's no need to go wander out and do this. You're too young. But guess what? He figured as if like he knew better. I guarantee that day on October 26th, my nephew that the kid is going to die. I guarantee on October 26th, when he woke up, he was going to lose his life. I guarantee on top October 26th, when my nephew looked up and when that guy was putting a bullet in his chest, he didn't think that was going to be the last time he see his brothers, his sister, his uncle, and his mama. My nephew, 17, I'm calling my nephew. This is a true story. I'm not boasting. I'm not cat. Mom called me at midnight. Say, you know, uh, your nephew got a gun in him? Gun? He's a gun. He's a mama boy. 
All right, I'm on my way. I went over there. Say, bro, what you doing with a gun? The first thing he said, he said, they called me out for Ducky. Everybody in, in Lake Charles, they know it's by Ducky. Well, Uncle Ducky, you had a gun. You and your dad, y'all did that. Well, guess what? We was out there. We was living that life. But God spared me so that way you won't do it. That was my analogy that I was telling you earlier about that Robert in the alley behind the trash can, but he still wanted to try to do it. So, back to the point. You and dad, y'all, y'all got done, y'all back on, but guess what? We survived it. It's nothing good that came from. You know how many times I went to jail? You know how many times I got shot at? You know how many times I got stabbed? We, built, we was built like that, but we had what we thought. God spared us. God spared us. Why? Because the simple fact is the one to you about the streets. The one to you. You don't have to be that person. You don't have to pack a gun. You don't have to think that you are hearts. You don't have to think as if, like, I got I to gotta have all the girls. I got to have all the money. That's nothing but destruction. The moral of the story is, after I told my nephew that, I took the gun from him. I thought we had a better understanding than that. After I left, two months later, I get a phone call. My nephew was involved with another uncle or something. Went to go rob somebody. His partner got his head blown off. And allegedly, he knew to drive the head off. Now he in jail right now with that homicide, 17. Last I heard, they was giving him about 50 something years. Mm. Life gone. And they don't stop there. They gave him, they, we went to court two weeks ago. Me and his brother, I mean, me and his dad, we went to court. They said, his brother, my brother said, well, I think they're going to give him 15. Like, man, that's a blessing. That's nothing but God. But guess what? Got caught in jail with drugs. How did they learn a lesson? They started off with 50 some years, reduced it down to 15. Now they caught you with drugs, strong arming in jail. Do you think he learned his lesson? No. No, he didn't learn his lesson. So, what do you think the judge is going to do when he goes for sentencing? We, two weeks ago, we were supposed to go for sentencing so he can accept. The plea. They canceled the plea. Now you gotta go back to trial in January for getting caught in jail with drugs. So where that plea gonna go? Who knows? Identity crisis. When you think you know better, or when you think you're smarter than the average Joe, or when you think you just know it all, that's mind trickery. The devil. That's the devil. You may think, you may say, whether you want to admit to it or not, if you ain't got the love of God in your heart, then what is there? It got to be replaced with something. It got to be replaced with something. If you get up every morning, you brush your teeth, put on your socks, and grab your pistol, what you think you do? Who you think controlling who? If you feel like every everywhere you got to go, you got to have, you got to be on something, somebody drug. That fentanyl was crazy. That fentanyl, we didn't have fentanyl when, when I was out there popping the G's. If we did, believe you me, ain't got them doses now. I know so many people that I went to school with, bro, flashing out and dying behind that fentanyl. 
One pill is enough to end your life. How many people do you think, or you can imagine, that took a fentanyl pill that died? Where you think they went? Think they went to heaven? You think they went to heaven? If you think they went to heaven, that means you don't believe in God. That means you say God is a lie. That means you think that all Jesus go to heaven. All gangsters go to heaven. Or all dogs go to heaven. If you believe that person that took a fentanyl pill for recreational use, you think that person went to jail. That means that you would really think that Jesus would take a fentanyl pill. If you believe that, it's time for us to open our eyes and realize we are living in the last days. There's no reset button on that. You mm. die, that's it. There's no do over. That's it. Your life is over with. So if you think for a minute you're going to die or you go to prison for the rest of your life, you're going to be somebody more. I guarantee you. Oh, you built like this, but guess what? Ain't no, ain't no pistols in jail, come. Ain't no pistols in jail. I've been in jail a lot of times. I ain't been in a prison. I've been in jail a lot of times. If you can't stand up for yourself, no, I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for you. My heart goes out to you. There's so many kids in my area that's going to jail from killing. Oh, we have this, uh, <laughs> man, it's crazy. It, 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 it's crazy. It ain't no more having fun, making money, doing this and doing that and go home. All they want to do now is kill something. And don't realize it's, it's two people that lost their life. All multiple people lost their life. The person that's from the gun violence and the person that actually pulled that trigger. It's sad. But the Bible must fulfill itself. No matter how ready it is, the Bible must fulfill itself. We are living in the last days. We better get ready. We better get prepared. We better get our house in order. Stop allowing our children. Stop allowing our children to raise the adults. First time my son said he tell me something sideways, I guarantee you I'll never look right again. Right now our kids is raising their dogs. 15 is the new 18. 15 is the new 18. I ain't never in my life seen 15 year old can get up and just go jump in a car. I'll be back. Gone for two, three days. Hanging out with their girlfriends and hanging out with their boyfriends and their parents okay with it. 15 is the new 18. We need to wake up. We need to wake up before it's too late. Because the moment when it's too late, it's no do-overs. It's no do-overs. We are really in our identity crisis. Amen. So that is our discussion. I feel like we can go longer, but yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we're going to end here on our discussion. The, 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 your deliverance is your decision. The choice is yours. Going into the Christmas season, here's the thing. We are still going to be, hold on, let me double check. Let me double check. All right, so 
in the month of December, there's four Tuesdays in the month of December. The thing is, we are going to be having an episode each Tuesday. So we're going to be we're going to be celebrating. We're going to be hosting a show each Tuesday. So come back six o'clock. See what we got going on. We're still talking about saved, healed, and delivered. So come back, and we're going to continue walking out this journey. Amen. Because here's the thing: being this this journey, this Christian journey, isn't an end all be all. It isn't a goal. It is a journey. Amen. Come on. See, we're we're striving to be with God, but on this journey, we're try we're we're trying to progress. Amen. Progression over perfection. Amen. So that that is our show for tonight. We we want to thank everyone for watching. We want to again congratulate Janet and Henry on this hundred dollar gift card to HEB. Amen. I want to thank Priest Excel for being a host a guest tonight. Amen. And this discussion of being saved, healed, and delivered is not going to end. Amen. We're we're going to walk in 2024 better than when we walked in 2023. Amen. So we're going to pray out. and get, Amen. Father God, we just thank you, Father God, for tonight. We thank you, Father God, for the this process, Father God, of deliverance, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for the choice we get to choose to be with you, Father God. Father God, we just thank you, Father God, that as we have been in our past, that, Father God, our past doesn't identify us. But, Father God, you identify us and you have called us your children. You have called us chosen. You have called us more than conquerors. You have called us, Father God, overcomers. And Father God, we stand today and we decree today, Father God, that we're on our way to being overcomers. We're on our way to being delivered. We're on our way to be being healed, saved, set free. We just say, Father God, we thank you, Father God, that you have given us the opportunity, Father God, to come back to you. Even though we ran and denied you, but you have given us the opportunity to come back to you in this hour. We thank you, Father God. In your son Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Man, I This time of year, there's one workshop on.